County, Oklahoma. Welcome to another episode of Pastors of Pain. I have a big old smile on my face because this episode is going to be a little different. Father Kerry uh, is not here, kind of on purpose. He's probably out and about evangelizing college students and such. But uh, as we've had, uh, you know, on 285 episodes of this show, we've had many special guests, staff members, alumni, uh, seminarians, deacons, all kinds of people. Today, it's my dad. Yes, it is. Marty O'Brien <laughs> is in the house. Now, the first thing you'll notice, Father Carey does the worst uh, imitation of both my mother mm. and father ever. And now you'll get to actually hear him because he doesn't talk like... Like, like Father Carey. Like Father Carey thinks that, that he does. Um, so my dad is just, in, just actually in town for a couple days. What, what, are you, what, are you, what are you doing here, Dad? Just a visit. I've... Um I stopped traveling a year or so ago, just kind of health reasons. But now I'm back and feeling fit. So now I'm the, tr- uh, the bug picking, is back. Picking off my children one at a time. <laughs> I spent a, about a month ago, a few days in Los Angeles with the daughter Marty. I mean, daughter Carrie and son Marty. And now it's uh, Father Brian's turn. And soon I'll go up to Pennsylvania. Oh, I didn't know about. Is that a is that happening? That might be kind of springtime. That's a little further. Yeah. yeah. Um, the L.A. trip was cool because you went from Houston to L.A. on a train. On a train. That's right. But we call it, pardon the language, but the train from hell. Oh. <laughs> it was nine and a half hours late oh. getting into Los Angeles, and I only had a, two days. So that wiped out a third oh, of my wow. sightseeing yeah. time. So, And then the fun thing is you're here for a couple of days and you're taking a train back to Houston. I am. I am. The, That's not the normal course of the way we travel here in Oklahoma. Yeah, the famous... Um, what is the it? Heartland oh, oh, the Flyer. The Heartland Flyer to, uh, from, from Oklahoma City to Fort Worth. And then Texrail from Fort Worth to the United Terminal at the airport, and then a flight home. I had never heard of Texrail until earlier today when you said that. Mm. Has that always been around? It's kind of rapid transit, oh, uh, but on a very a sophisticated level because it goes takes about an hour to get from Fort Worth to the airport because oh, okay. it makes I don't know fifteen stops along oh, the geez. way. Oh, yeah. jeez. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, anyway, so we, uh, Father Carrie and I were talking. And we were like, yeah, we got to put, put your dad on the show. And, and my dad is a very interesting person. He can tell you all about himself. But we, were, we specifically kind of wanted to talk about, Father Carrie and I have talked a lot about like our upbringing and kind of how we, you know, how, why we're Catholics and how we became priests. And, um, but you, Dad, you've had like a, you've had a very interesting life. I have. <laughs> <laughs> give it, give, give the kind of the overview of like where you've lived and, and obviously you're married to my mom and, uh, and you have five kids and seven grandkids. Yeah, the, and the quick look is... Where have that, you lived? Uh, born and brought up uh, in the Boston area, specifically Somerville, Massachusetts. Somerville. Which, as it turns out in retrospect, was a wonderful place to grow up 
as a kid and as a Catholic. Um, I spent, uh, I went to college at a small school in Massachusetts. I, um, been in the Air Force. I've been kind of Peace Corps for a little while. I, I eventually didn't go overseas because that's when I met Peggy, my my wonderful wife. Uh-huh. Uh, met Peggy. So we she had, prevented you from going to the Peace Corps? Not prevented. Oh, okay. She was the inspiration of saying, the, the logic was simple. I had never, ever met anyone like her in my whole life. I mean... She was funny, she was pretty, she was bright, intelligent, kind, loving, and a real Catholic girl. And I thought, if I go away to Ethiopia for two years, <laughs> she's not going to be on the shelf. Yeah. That, that just wasn't going to happen. Um, and so we call that, uh, call that event off. Good call, by the way. We had five uh, kids. I had a great job with uh, Shell Oil Company for just shy of 30 years. Traveled the world. You did uh, travel a lot. Two and a half yeah. million air miles. Oh, wow. Well, that's on United. I don't know how much the whole total is around the rest of the world. I always lose count, but probably about 50 countries wow. that I visited or did business in. Um, and then eventually retired, which in the end is the best part <laughs> of my life ever. I never imagined... It was going to be this good. And did you say the other day, I was talking to you, and you said you've been, is, have you been retired longer than I, you worked? I'm a couple of years shy. That's I'm now, wild. Now 26 years retired, and I worked for Shell for 29. So in, wow. a, in a year and a half, I will. You've closed the gap. Yeah, or in three years. Three years, yeah. Closed the gap. Wow. Okay, so other places you've lived, so Somerville, and tell everyone like about Summer. Tell, yeah, go ahead, just tell everyone about Somerville. Okay, ideal place to grow up as a kid. At this, we're talking about in my time frame, probably 1947, 48, through 1958, kind of, and in that period of time. So many of the families that were first-in-generation immigrants had now established themselves and were moving out of places like South Boston, where the Irish were. Southie. And yeah. East Boston, where the Italians were. And the West End, where the Armenians were. And just everybody had their own little enclave. And when it came time and they had the money and, you know, had established themselves, they moved to places like Somerville. And so our That was like a step up. A giant step really? up. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, this was, uh, this was big time for, and for our family, Because it was too. more like, like you grew up like in a, like in a house, not an apartment. Exactly. Per se. That was exactly. like, that's yeah. the step up, like the Jeffersons, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, let's see. Mostly Irish and Italians congregated in our couple of streets, but there was every other, every other country was represented from Russia and England and France, and it was all over the place. But the Irish and the Catholics and the uh, Italians made up that Catholic base. And in that group, there were eight of us that 
we all seemed like we were all baptized within three or four months of each other. Uh -huh. We received First Communion together, confirmation. Um, we did everything at the church, the missions, um, CYO basketball. Oh, yeah. And we played every single sport that there was to play um, as that group. So that was, that was our life. With very subtly on the part of everybody's parents, a nice strong influence from the church, from St. Anne's Church. And so we did a ton of things together, both socially. And remember now, we're 12, 13, 14. Um, anyway, it just turned out to be a great place. I didn't see the change coming, but when it was time, when, the, when we started going to high school, two of us went to the local high school, to Somerville High School. The balance of the guys all went to Catholic schools oh. downtown. Why didn't you go to a Catholic school? It, it never was discussed. I don't think that, uh, I think financially. It was a money thing? I, think, yeah. I don't know that it was even discussed. I don't think they thought I was a particularly good student, so they didn't <laughs> want to waste the money on car fare to get me downtown. What did your parents do for a living? My father was an electrician. Um, first worked during the Depression. He worked as an electrician for some steel mills in Pennsylvania. And then he got the nice job. He was working for the government in the Boston Navy Yard and Charlestown Navy Yard. Yeah. And my mother was a nurse um, who really gave the house... Um, monetary stability oh she was more of the i mean she make more or just was more consistent i'm not sure where either were it, neither one were making gigantic money yeah but when we were old enough and she went back to work it changed the whole family we even bought a car wow and so that was a major when change. when was that like how old were you when you bought a car just about 15, 16. Okay. And other than that, I mean, in Boston, you could get anywhere. Oh, yeah. Just Even take, after that, I take didn't. Take the subway. Yeah, the car wasn't that important. You just walked down the end of the street, and you could go any place in the world from there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, when all those people went off to high school, they went to BC High School, Don Bosco, Matinon, Cathedral, um, Your brother went to Matinon, yeah. Uncle Dave. Yeah. How come he got to go to Catholic school? He was smarter I, I, than you? Well, I think that uh, I was now self-supported, supporting myself. Ah, okay. And uh, I think he got a scholarship, too. He's a pretty good oh. football player. Oh, okay. He got an offer to play for Brown University. He did? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. He could throw the ball a mile. That's my middle name, name for... Right. My Uncle Dave, yeah. yeah. Uh, but what happened was that it, it pulled everyone apart because now on Friday nights, people were running off to dances and varying mm -hmm. things at school, and everybody developed a whole new set of friends. And so that, that changed, changed rather dramatically. Um, but when it was all over, I looked at it, I thought about it, and I said, man, what a great place to live. Just sports galore, 
we we've we I think for all of those eight guys, we really set a nice foundation as far as church was concerned. So your parish was St. Anne's. St. Anne's. It's still there. Still there without, kinda, without the steeple. Oh, really? What happened to the steeple? It just got old and they couldn't oh. afford it, so they knocked it down. <laughs> <laughs> or it fell down, I'm not sure. I which. saw, I think I was looking, I looked at their webpage one day, and they're, they're like now, like in Boston, they've kind of had to shrink parishes. So like St. Anne's doesn't have its own priest. It's like linked to another church, maybe in Somerville, or actually, I don't know that it's now part of like a cluster yeah. of parishes. Yeah. That that's happening all over the country. Yeah. What was it? What was that like? What was? It was St. a Anne's? lovely church. Uh, it, uh, old priests and young priests. Um, How many priests? I mean, do you two. Okay. Sometimes As back I remember then, it. lots of priests, those, parishes. Those had. were not the kind of details that a twelve-year-old <laughs> worries about as to how hard the priests are working. Um, yeah, a couple of priests. Oh, and also there was a there was a school there that was uh, run by the nuns. Yeah, and in fact, a couple of the and you didn't go there. No, no, a couple of the kids in our group went to um, the Saint Anne's Saint Anne's Catholic, school. Yeah. Wow. Uh, what was it like, like uh, on the inside? The church. Yeah. I've never been there. I really now no. I want to go. Oh my! We're talking now. I haven't been there for fifty years. Yeah. I mean, what do you remember about it? It was two decker. Uh, oh yeah. Big church, you know, very traditional, lovely altar and stained glass windows. Nice. Which you should think about. Um, I told him to put in that plug there. Yeah. Um, and then downstairs was where they held the kids' mass, and uh, oh, it was know, like a double ch double church. Yeah. yeah. So there could be church upstairs and church downstairs at the same time. There could be. I don't okay. know that that ever happened. It was kind of it was kind of dingy down there. <laughs> they uh, anyway. It it's it was like on one of the main streets in Somerville. I remember riding back and forth on the bus. And it was really kind of amusing because the bus full of people, 40 people on the bus, and 39 of them would, as you pass the door of the bus, the church, would go, in the name of the Father, Son, oh, Holy yeah, Spirit, amen, yeah. and then continue the bus trip on. Wow. Lovely place. You Set walked there? Like, yeah. you'd walk to, walk to Mass? Wow. The whole family together kind of thing? No. That's, no? that's an interesting part. My mother was the religious side of the family. Uh -huh. My father did, simply didn't go to church. Um, but he did one interesting thing. Every once in a while during Lent, he would come out of wherever he was religiously and make us, make us, sit or kneel on the hardwood dining room floor and say the rosary. Like on a really on a, a random Tuesday, and then maybe three weeks later we do it again on a Friday, um, and then maybe the next year we wouldn't do it at all. Um, I have no explanation. No, no, just it was kind of his a, way a, of living out Lent. Yeah, yeah, and the other thing he making you do it. <laughs> the other, yeah, the other thing he did was that we had a kind of this beautiful fancy little table about. 
four feet high, and he'd break out this big, beautiful Bible and put it on the table and open it to some random page, and that was Lent. Wow. Uh, it was Lent for him. Quite now, a celebration. Now, in defense of the man, heavy drinker. Yeah. I mean, heavy drinker. Yeah, yeah. A great provider. Yep. There was just no question that every nickel was coming into the house. Um, and he left behind some really great traits in, in terms of honesty, integrity, hard work, all of the things that you would like yeah, to impart virtues, sure. uh, on your children or on your friends. Uh, and he did that. He, and he, and yeah. he really did a good job. So while my mother was the face of the church, he was in the background in his own way doing the yeah. kind of thing that, uh, that makes a family strong. Did his family go to church? No. So he never, I mean, he... Well, you know, he, he had eight children. He had four children with his first wife, yep. who died very young. Mm -hmm. um, and then he met and married my mother and had four more. I have no recollection of the first four, because they weren't my mother's children, attending church. Oh, interesting. There were no, no conversations about it. Um, no. I, I, the fact is, I don't know what their history was, huh. but it wasn't anything so outward that I would have noticed it. One of the cool things about my grandpa, who I, n I never met, who died before I was born, I tell people this all the time, that he was born in 1896. Right. Isn't that amazing? It is. No. My <laughs> grandpa was born in 1896. That's, a, that's crazy to me. So he was, he was in his 50s. Yeah. When you were born. Yeah. Wow. Well, and that led to his uh, early demise. He, he was a, a child and a father of the 20s and 30s and 40s when most of the first group of the first four were built. And then along came this second group, and particularly my sister Judy, Who's how, she's, I mean, younger she, than she you. She was the youngest one. So he was maybe in his late 50s. Oh, more than that. 60? Yeah. What? Trying to cope with a He was teenage, in his 70s with a teenage daughter. Yes. Something close Get to Get out. And it, it just didn't work. It didn't work. <laughs> they didn't belong in the same house. <laughs> wow. I've never put that all together. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Wow. Okay, so then, so you go to St. Anne's, and then you go off to high school, and then you go off? Go off to college. Um, and this is not the great part of my life. Uh, from a college experience, yes. From a religious experience, no. But I think one thing we talk about in, on here a lot is, like, Father Kerry, you know, works with college students who, you know, who... Some people just sort of like, yeah, I didn't go in college or, you know, and obviously some people do and should. And what was that? I'm not sure. I, I didn't want to ever really make excuses for it because I'm not sure there really was one. But the thing that changed the most was that contact between family. Um, I mean, when I went off to college, I hardly, well, I hardly ever saw my father. I rarely saw my mother. 
um, even during summer. Even though you weren't, you I mean you weren't far, far away. Well, I was a three-hour drive oh, okay. or two-hour two drive. That's far. Um, let's see, where were we? The oh, the contact. I mean, there was my mother all the time, um, a part of church, um, and and all the rest mm-hmm. of my life, and there were my six or seven, eight friends. Um, now all that was gone. And then I went to a completely different environment. You go off to college. This wasn't a particularly liberal place, but I just... But your support structure... That's, that's the word falls, I'm looking for. Yeah, it just goes it, away. It just You're went away, own. and so did I. And that was uh, the four years of college, and then a couple of years after. And then the greatest thing ever happened to me is I met Margaret Mary Lodge of two toilet Irish West Roxbury Rosendale. So we have this phrase in our family. Tell everybody what that means. What? The two, to- two toilet. Oh, well, they were just super upper class. That's all. They, <laughs> they had two they, bathrooms. They, yeah, they had plates. <laughs> in addition, they had plates that weren't uh, chipped. And I mean... That was pretty high-class stuff when I met her. Anyway, they had a television? Uh, yes, yes. Yeah. With more than three channels. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, um, I, I had mentioned earlier about um, having met her and changed my life because it threw um, the trip to Ethiopia. So that, that was, that was legit. I mean, you were going to go to Ethiopia. Absolutely. I had already been, I was in a special program where you did your training while you were in college. So by the time I graduated, I was already certified with a, trying to hand me a ticket, to, you know, to come on, we're going. Um, and I, you know, in the end, again, I decided solely on the basis of having met uh, wow. Peggy. And that was like the Peace Corps was like a big thing because that was like President Kennedy. It, yeah, it was at its, he was elected in nineteen sixty. Height, yeah. You would have, I mean, you were in college in nineteen sixty. Yeah, and he was always. I mean, I've seen that those speeches and read all that. Yeah. Was that your inspiration? I mean, that everyone was kind of doing cool things for I'm the not, world. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, this was not a uh, save the world thing. I think I like the idea of traveling and and the experience was I. I the way they did the training is I went to UCLA for a whole summer and, well, I didn't learn it, but I learned a few words like pass me the salt in, uh, in Amharic. Um, and then when we went back to our home and college, we all were assigned an Ethiopian um, person to really? talk to on the telephone oh. and a big stack of the old real tapes for the language. And I had a, I don't remember his name, but he was at Boston University. Wow. And I could call him any time and just chat. And, um, and then we, we all went back between Christmas and New Year's. Uh, but by then I was saying, look, I don't want to come. And they said, well, come to, come to UCLA for this. Because you had met mom. Bre- yes. Oh. Um, and finally, they, they said, well, look, don't worry about it. Come to Ethiopia with us. And if you don't <laughs> like it, you can come home. And I thought, wait a minute. 
I didn't mind going to California for a week because I could hitchhike from there. But if they decided that I had to wait yeah, a year. How do you get home yeah. from Ethiopia? Yeah. Um, so tell, tell us how, you, how did you meet mom? We met uh, on Cape Cod uh, at the Clam Shack. Um, in our family lore, we have this towel. Ah, that's right, the towel. There's this, well, that was the second like Mickey meeting. Mickey Mouse towel. That was the second meeting. Cause we, well, that was the second meeting? We, we met then. I still had a year of school. And so we met, went to church. That was your first, like, first date? All right. I think that maybe the next day or the day after. Wow. There was a, it, you know, we're talking a long time ago now, and you're testing a, <laughs> a fast-fading memory. Um, but anyway, we did meet again on Cape Cod at the beach in Falmouth on the towel. Um, and it was like your friend, you were with a bunch of friends, and she was with a bunch they, of friends? Yeah, they, these were my Air Force friends. We were doing our summer camp. Uh, you know, I'm not summer camp, but our one weekend a month and we were at Otis Air Force Base so we it was that was a great assignment by the way and then she was with her like teacher friends because yeah. she was a middle school yeah. English teacher I have a quick story to tell please she's such a wonderful person I mean was then is now just absolutely unbeatable and very prayerful and she had a prayer and the prayer was, St. Anne, St. Anne, send me a man with, with, with whom I can be happiest and holiest. That's right. And she recites this to our children from time to time. And there was one occasion, I don't know, with two, three, maybe even four of the kids were there when she was telling the story. And their response was, and all they sent was you. And you got dad? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that that kind of set my place in the family that, that everybody really knew you know my importance but she saw yeah but she she felt called to the vocation of marriage you did too oh of course and then yeah and she just she prayed and and uh it was and it was not less, i mean like a you like you had one of your friends knew one of her friends or yeah, something that's exactly right yeah. and that's how it happened yeah. Kids, stop playing video games. Yep, to, yeah, get to, out. Go to the, the beach. There was, there was some great... Uh, go to the beach and... Some great catches go. out there. That's right. So then what happened? So you went, you went, you, you like asked her out? Um, kind of. I mean, it was a bunch of people meeting, and so we kind of separated a little bit from the group, and... Um, then maybe the next night was a church night or something along that line, but it was only a couple of days, maybe three, and then it was summer was over and I went back to school, and then she was teaching at the time, I think maybe also working on her masters, um, and then when we met the second time, then we were just pretty much inseparable after wow. that. Wow. That's amazing. And then how long between like when you met to like when you got engaged? A year maybe or a two? Year. Yeah. Maybe wow. a year. Did you feel like that was too, I mean, some people, these days people be like, oh, that's too fast. You don't, 
You don't know each other well enough. Actually, I'm not so sure of the timeline. Whatever it is, it was the right time yeah. for me to have the courage to do it and Peggy to have more the courage to have accepted. Where did you propose to her? As I remember, it was on the beach in Talos. Was it really? Yeah. You went back to the spot? Well, or not, close? not for that event. This was everybody's like, well, party. you're like a romantic. Everybody in our neighborhood went to Falmouth Beach on Cape Cod for the summer and rented houses. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And she said yes, obviously. She did. And then how long were you engaged? I don't know, six months maybe? Okay. Did you do any, like, marriage preparation? We did... Uh, what do you call it? Pre-cana? Pre-cana? Like you met with a priest and... Oh, we went to a meeting. I don't, <laughs> I don't remember meeting with the priest. Okay. Just a little weekend retreat. Hmm. That's wild. Wow. And you were how old when you got married? 27. And mom was 27? Right. Wow. Okay, well, we're going to pick it up. We're going to do a round two. We're going to do a round two with Marty O'Brien because we're only, we're only, we only got to like uh, getting married. Now we got to talk about kids and growing up. And, and then I also want to hear my dad, I think, has, you know, like lived through like Vatican II. Uh, yeah. I think there's an interesting kind of history there that we've never had on the, on the show. Anyway, so join us next week for round two of My Dad on the Pastures of Pain. Hope everyone has a great week. Thanks for joining us. See you next week. Go Pokes. <laughs>